Hello and welcome along to G'day GA, brought to you in association with O'Neill's International Sportswear, the choice of champions. Please visit at O'Neill Sportswear AU on Instagram and Facebook for all the latest offers. I'm delighted to be joined by Shawnee O'Leary this morning, well this evening in, in Melbourne, in, in Bentley. How are you Shawnee? I'm very good lads, how are you keeping? How is all the, are you all recovered after winning? All recovered now, Shiny, at this stage. Yeah, we've got giggles on the other line coming to us live from the beautiful Clonmel. Yeah, your favourite county, Liam Tipperary. <coughs> yeah, great to have you down there. Giggles keeping an eye on him. And I'm coming to you live this morning from Biarritz in France. So, good day, GA first. We've got three countries on the line today. Um, after a very busy few days, we thought we were going to do an, an episode when we were in, um, in Bordeaux a couple of days ago, but it just didn't work out. Giggles was... Had too many gins on the on the Tuesday night, and he had to get an early flight home just to get out there. Sorry, giggles. That, that was pretty much it. I think we were meant to have John Mulhall as well, and I met John in the airport, and John wasn't fit for much now, to be honest. <laughs> no, nobody was fit for much the next day. <laughs> but he was, in fairness, of, he was actually flying out after five days on the beer in France to go to Nairobi to climb Kilimanjaro. So he'd be no, in, no better bookle. <laughs> he'd be in some shape doing that. Um, obviously this is a, is a milestone episode for us today This is episode 50 of G'day GEA So um, a big milestone for us We're two, two and a half years now doing the show So we're delighted to have made episode 50 And we do have um, a competition today um, We'll talk about that later in the show um, You'll be able to get in touch with us on Twitter On at G'day GEA, Instagram And email on G'day GEA at gmail.com so we have a great show lined up for you today. We're going to obviously have a look back at the provincial finals, which had some very interesting results. And we'll touch on what, I suppose, John Mulhall was on the money on his predictions in, in both games. We did laugh at him at the time, yeah. especially around the Limerick tip one, but he was very, very close. Um, we'll also have a look back, I suppose, at the hurling story of the year um, with Leash beating Dublin, which is, I, I think turned the championship upside down to a certain extent. And we'll also look ahead then to... Uh, a great weekend of hurling, especially with the big game, I suppose, of the two being Kilkenny and Cork. So, coming up first, we might have a quick look back at the provincial finals. It's always, you know, great to, you know, to say that you walk the steps of Crow Park and you lifted the McCarthy Cup, like, and but. You no, know, we never changed one bit from the day we started. Let's say our first game with, with Glenmore. Going back to your locals and the people that you're brought up with and you're reared with, and there's, there's nothing like going back there. Like. The one the fancy oh, open top bus line, I think we had Dublin's, Richard Dublin's lorry, and really, yeah. up, up on the back of the lorry and off down. It's just lovely country, and a few bonfires. Okay, we have, first up, we might have a look back at Kilkenny and Wexford. Um, I was on the boat to France. Sailing was at four o'clock, the match was at four o'clock. I was delighted that the bar on the boat had, had the match on, which was fantastic. And I was sitting with a load of Wexford people watching the match, and a former Wexford hurler, Robert Hassey, as well, sitting beside him and his family. And everyone had Wexford jerseys on the boat. There was a few Kilkenny, but we were definitely outnumbered. And for me, watching it, anyhow, from start to finish, Kilkenny never really had a foothold in that game, I didn't think. I always kind of thought it was on Wexford terms, even though Kilkenny hung right in there. And it was always going to be, I felt, a goal that was going to be a deciding factor, and it, it turned out to be with that penalty. 
Um, but still a very intriguing game nonetheless, Giggles. Yeah, no, I think I think I think you have a spot on there. Um Wexford just looked like to have the more dangerous forward line. Um both teams ended up playing a sweeper by 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 virtue of Wexford going with the sweeper. But they just knew how to do it a little bit more effectively. And some of their interplay, especially the likes of um Rory McDon or yeah, Rory O'Connor and Connor McDonald were, were, were very good and Kind of O'Connor did the same thing in the first half, took gave the pass and went again, and and kind of decided to tap it over the bar this week when when it was kind of cleared off the line last week. But then in the second half, when he saw probably what most lads would have seen as an easy point, he put the head down and um, the Kilkenny wing back pulled him down, and then fair play to Fanning, he stood up, hit it to actually Owen Murphy's good side, but just the power in the shot, it was an absolute rocket and. Um, I think while all the Mexicans, as John Milan will call them, were probably nervous right to the finish, most neutrals might have been kind of saying, right, that's it. And in hindsight, that was the telling blow. Yeah, and I think the big thing for me was as well that Wexford really cancelled out Kilkenny's forwards, I suppose, to the exception of TJ Reid and Adrian Mullen. But under that, the rest of Kilkenny's forwards didn't fire. Like Wexford were really, really in charge. And that middle eight, they won that battle right there. Um Interestingly enough, though, when, when Wexford did get the goal, right, there was three points in it, but there was like four minutes to go, including injury time. I, I thought Kilkenny kind of panicked a bit. Rather than trying to tip over a couple of points, they really felt they had to get a goal when maybe they weren't thinking of a draw, but they could have pegged them back a little bit. I think Kilkenny kind of really did started to rush it. You know what I mean? I yeah, I, yeah I, th- I thought that too with Liam as well. I think it was very un-Kilkenny, like they completely panicked and Normally, they start slapping those balls over the bar, and they were very, um, very hungry for goals, you know, when there was loads of time left. But back in your point there as well, about, you know, they were probably too reliant again on, on TJ, which is, you know, has been a factor of their play for the last two years. And, you know, if you need someone like, you needed someone like Colin Fenley to dig him out, and he just didn't put in that performance. And to be fair, to be fair to the Limerick or the Wexford backs, they, they kind of, you know, they really cancelled out the the, the, the whole forward line of Kikini. And I thought Lee McGovern was another shining light for Wexford. Like, his work rate around the middle eight was phenomenal. And I think he was a huge factor in them winning as well the Leinster final. And obviously, I think it's a fantastic result, really, for Hurley and for and Leinster in particular and for Wexford to have won a Leinster title in 15 years to see how much it meant to the people of Wexford and to the players. Like, obviously, being a Kilkenny supporter, you want Kilkenny to win, but I think, really, it's a fantastic result. And badly needed, really, where there has been, a, you know, Kilkenny and Galway, I know Dublin to a lesser extent the last few years, to have a kind of another breakthrough team in Leinster now, where you have four very, very strong teams now in Leinster. And the Leinster Championship, obviously, has been very competitive this year, but with nothing between the teams. Um, but Wexford now into an Ireland semi-final, it, it, it's amazing. Yeah. The other thing though, going back to Colin Finley, Colin Finley they often be given out about it because he doesn't have a right hand side, but geez, if he had a left boot at all, he would have kicked that ball the other way and it could have been <laughs> going into the Wexford net right at the end and it would have been a draw game. Like I think most neutrals and Wexford fans, because there was no one shouting for Kilkenny except for Kilkenny people, were looking at that ball being kicked and it just it, I'd say it went no more than a foot past the post on the left hand side. And uh, it would have probably been undeserved, but it would have been very Kilkenny-like to, you know, to snatch the draw right at the end, and, and who knows after that. But yeah, as you said, Liam Wexford are into an All Ireland semi-final now. Um, no one's going to give them a chance, probably against Tipperary. 
Um, but Davey kind of has his, his, his kind of momentum going. He's got the siege mentality, lovely, settled into the, the Wexford crowd now. And they're going to have nothing to fear going up to, to Crow Park when it will be against Tipperary. Yeah, and I think as well for Wexford, you know, to see that release from them as well. I thought they were a bit freer on, on that Leinster final as well. Obviously, they're still playing the sweeper system. But some of the scores they got, yeah. you know, on Conor McDonald in particular, who was a bit tied up, and we spoke about that, he, you know, didn't really fire in Wexford Park, but he really fired up in Croke Park, you know. There, there were points, every, every shot they took was basically going over. And when you're having one of those days, and Lee Chin as well, particularly, like he ran the show for them. He was everywhere. And he's free-taking, which let him down in Wexford and let him down in Galway. He was scoring frees from 100 metres up in Crow Park. You know what I mean? He, yeah. like, those lads were dialed in. All their big players performed. And when you have all your big players performing, it, it, everyone else kind of comes along with you. And their whole Wexford team came along with, with, their, with their key men. Whereas Kilkenny, even to fairness to TJ, TJ fired... But no one else really got going around him, and that's credit to Wexford for that. But I think you kind of saw there was no one really played poorly for Wexford. You know, every single one of them was a minimum of seven or eight out of ten. Yeah, and that that might give them the freedom now going into the semi final. As you said, they had a release, so they might have been playing a little bit, um, you know, tighter because they haven't had the the victory on the board. But now they've got the Leinster title. You know, it could be reminiscent of maybe Clare back in '95. They got over the line that that was the kind of the hoodoo. And now they might go and play a little bit freer hurling with nothing to lose in an Ireland semi-final. Who knows? Um, but look, credit Wexford. They, they, they were they were the fine. They haven't lost. They're the only undefeated team, I think. Is that right, in the Championship? That's correct, yeah. Sorry, I'm wrong. There's two undefeated teams in the Championship. Leash have also been undefeated <laughs> in the Championship. Yeah. Um, but um, they're the only Division One team who have been the Lee McCarthy the whole time that have been undefeated. So... Look, they're in an Ireland semi-final. Davies um, kind of justified the, the, his system now. Nobody can give out about it. They've beaten Kilkenny. They've gone unbeaten. Uh, and we'll see how they go in, in two weeks' time or two and a half weeks' time against Tipperary. Now, we'll obviously we'll touch on Kilkenny and Cork later in the show. Um, but also yeah. in um, the warm-up to the, the Leinster final was the Munster final. And it did turn out to be a bit of a warm-up game with Limerick absolutely blitzing Tipperary in the end. Um, which... Yeah. Fairness to John Mulhall, he said Limerick were going to win by 10 points. I think it was 12 points in the end. None of us yeah. saw that. We few of us did tip, tip Limerick already, but what a result for Limerick. And I was watching that one as I was queuing up for the ferry uh, in the car. We had it on the linked up to the Bluetooth speakers in the car and watching it. And I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Tip, Limerick just running over the top of Tip. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a weird game because, you know... While, while you say Limerick uh, were completely in top for the whole game, like with about 58 minutes or 55 minutes gone in the game, Jamie Callan had got, uh, a one-on-one with Nicky Quaid and just, you know, you'd be saying it's a very unlike Jamie Callan not to finish from, from that position. And, you know, from there on in, Limerick just completely took over and ran over the top of Tipperary and we're, we're nearly playing with him by the end of it. But, I mean... You go back to it, like, you know, you, the fellas were missing Patrick Barnard-Maher, obviously, in hindsight now. Well, I suppose not really in hindsight, but we've been talking about it, that he was going to be a huge factor. That that proved to the point. Um, also, the the fact of the, uh, what's the name, the cornerback? Um, Barrett. Barrett was a huge loss as well, because that brought, while Brendan Maher was outstanding and probably was Tiberi's best back on the day, when nullified Galan, he slipped once and Galan got in to put in the cross for Peter Casey. But outside of that, you know, 
Tipperary just had no answers for for um, the Limerick. I guess the uh, they're calling it at the moment the engine room or the the, the danger area where you had uh, Garrod Higgs, is you had um, you had them just completely running the show and just yeah. Tipperary just all all, all the damage they done all year in Munster was just completely blown away in one game. Yeah, there, there was two there there were two points for me that I would call the turning points, and the first was kind of an unknown one, right? And it was. Probably in the first 10 minutes, Kyle Hayes went to a breaking ball and tore through the centre. And I wasn't even looking at Kyle Hayes. I was looking at Paddy Maher. Paddy Maher looked leggy. He looked slow. He looked like an average hurler in comparison to what Kyle Hayes was doing to him. And I was thinking, Jesus, Tipper in trouble here. Either one Tipper leggy from their big experts in, or excerpts of winning all their four games in Munster or two Limerick have been playing shadow boxing and now they're the real deal here. So that kind of gave me a an insight at the very start. And, and Sean, you're right, it was a one-sided game. But John McGrath got a goal after 40-something minutes. And if Jamie Callan stuck that ball in the net, there was a point in it. And mm. in fairness, you have to say to Mickey Quay, like, Jamie Callan did what... Like, he gave, he put the goalie the wrong way. He slotted over to the other side. And only for a leg out by Nicky Quaid, it was a fantastic save. And I think Limerick went up and got a point straight away. And then they got the second goal a little bit after that. And that was Curtains. And I think Tip, tip definitely ran out of legs and maybe it's a it's a virtue of them putting so much into the four games in the Munster Championship that they just didn't have much energy left for the month for the provincial final. I, I don't know. But I think all teams are very worried about Limerick now after seeing that performance. Yeah, I, I think obviously Tipperary were coming in red hot favourites as well. Like I was gonna say in the last couple of episodes, the more tip tip keep kept winning, you know, Tipperary teams in the past do tend to kinda I wouldn't say get complacent, but you know, start to believe into a little bit of that. Now, Liam Sheedy would obviously have been keeping them grounded to the last, but there's some of those personalities in that tip team. Similarly, when they won in 2010, they were going to go on and win three or four in a row. It didn't happen. When they won in 2016, they won by playing total hurling. They were going to go on and win another two or three in a row. It didn't happen again. And similarly, it looked like they had the magic back. They had all the ingredients back, and they went in and got blown out of it in the last 15 minutes, given. But Tipperary obviously now are playing Leash this weekend. There's not going to be a whole lot in that, we don't think. No disrespect to Leash, but you'd expect a serious bite back from Tipperary after that um, Munster final. But Limerick, as you say, Giggles, are surely the contenders for that Ireland now. Yeah, Limerick are the favourites by a mile now, and they've shown that they still have the work rate and the hunger and the want to win that other Ireland. Like they, they tore Tipperary to shreds. But on the flip side, I, I can't remember who I met, but there was a, there was a lad I met anyway, and he said, I reckon we lose the Munster final to Limerick, but I reckon we'll win the All-Ireland. And if you look at tips running now, and I'm going to be maybe a little bit disrespectful to Wexford, but they've got Leash and Wexford, who they won't fear beating at all, and they're in an All-Ireland final, and perhaps another cut-off Limerick in an All-Ireland final after being beaten badly and have lots of motivation to tank. So um, I, I think Liam Sheedy, while he'll be very disappointed with the result, he'll be pretty happy with his run into an All-Ireland final, potentially. And very happy to have lots of ammunition in the locker if they do get Limerick again in that Ireland final. Yeah, and I think they do, do definitely have the easiest path now. Um, and Limerick, though, first uh, Munster title since 2013, I think. Um, yeah. And, yeah, look, it's going to be fascinating to see how those Ireland semi-finals do pan out with the, with the pairings. Um, 
it has been confirmed that the Limerick semi-final will be on the Saturday and the water, and the Wexford semi-final will be on the Sunday. Saturday evening in Crow Park and Sunday afternoon in Crow Park in a couple of weeks' time. So we'll be keeping a close eye on those and we'll be previewing those coming up as well. Um, but look, coming up next, we do, I think, have to spend a little bit of time and talk about the definitely the, the hurling story of, of the summer so far and that is the amazing victory for Leash over Dublin. No, there was there was no tangle, right? It was an off the ball incident, right? And I made my feeling like we played him now twice. He didn't stay down for no reason, like, and that cost us a score, right? Now I've seen other people come onto the field and make points and be just as animated. Yes, there's one fella I I get sent all the time, and I, I don't think it's personally fair myself. And if you look at the whole thing, I can promise you you'll see more people giving out. But that official wanted to make a name for himself and fair play to him. He probably did. Davey's definitely not bitter and twisted after last weekend anyway. Um, <laughs> look, Leash in Dublin, unbelievable. I was, again, the match obviously wasn't on the television, but I was following it on the score.ie and Twitter updates, and I saw it checked after eight, nine minutes, and all oh, Leash are winning, whatever it was, one, five to six points. I was like, oh, that's great to see Leash getting a bit of a run on him there now at the moment. Then I checked again, I was like, oh, Leash are still winning here, but Dublin will come good. And then I had no access to the internet for a while, and I looked, came back on and seen they had won. I could not believe it. Could not believe it. Yeah. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah, it's definitely... It, I suppose everyone's focusing, and you're just nearly there focusing on how Dublin kind of let things slip again, but this is the second or third time they did it. They got beaten by Antrim before in, in a shock, uh, and this is the similar quality. But look, I think you have to give massive credit to Leash. They had... They're obviously a very good team. They did a bit of shadow boxing with Westmead in the last round of the of the um, Joe McDonough and drew the game. They bet them very well in the final. I have to say they put up three twenty five. They scored one twenty two here. Um, they've got some very good forwards. Like they've got with your man, what's his name? Aaron Dunphy and his brother Willie Dunphy. They scored about one six to one seven. Willie Dunphy, yeah, yeah, and. Um, so they're a very good hurling team, and I think you just have to, I think straight off, acknowledge how much of a brilliant job Eddie Brennan has done with them. Like I remember when he took the job at the start of the year, there was a lot of media coverage around. Jesus, has Eddie done the right thing here? There's a lot of bad talk coming out of Leash. Ross King was after getting the belt in the out in the county final, and he wasn't going to be part of the panel. But he slowly but surely got them all together, and he obviously felt very confident um, with this group. You hear the stories now about how. Had the two nights on the beer, then they had a good session on Wednesday, a good session Friday. And look, you just have to say all credit to Leash, and this is what it's about the GA that any one team can beat any other team on any given day, and that's what happened. So it is a great story, Liam. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, and we probably needed it to be honest, because the Hurling Championship up to this point, obviously Wexford has been probably the the, the big story aside from that winning Leinster, which is which is amazing. But there hadn't really been any kind of upsets or any epic games, really heroic games, you know what I mean? So to have that upset, unfortunately, it wasn't even on television. But I think for for Leash to win in Leash as well, in front of their own, you know, their own crowd, like that's an amazing story. And to see the scenes after, and in fairness to Buff Egan, of course, again, he was there to cover every second of the game, and to have it captured in some way 
I know it's on the, I think there were some highlights on the GA now, but um, just unbelievable scenes and the joy and to see the, all of the family and friends of those Leash players come on because, as we know, for inter-county players, both in hurling and football, if you're not in the top six teams, you're still putting in the same effort as all those teams. You know what I mean? The training, you're minding yourself, the gym work, and you not often you, you get the rewards. But Leash, the Leash players all got their rewards on last weekend and that's something that we'll, they'll have forever. It's phenomenal. It's like what they what they've done for Lee Curley you now already in in one game, one victory in front of their home fans. Like that's going to bring on hurling up there now for I'd say the next five to ten years because there's, there's already um, talks that the the jerseys are all sold out in Leash and the sports shops in Leash and like the big following now they're going to have going up the Crow Park to play Tipperary. You know the kind of fairy tale story. You know. David against Goliath again. Um, it's 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 huge, like and it like it not only does it do that for Leach as well, but it also kind of brings up a bit of exposure for the Joe McDonough and like raises the profile of that probably even more again. Um, on the other side of it, it probably shows up maybe the Leinster Championship isn't so good as the Munster Championship either. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that, Shotty. I don't think that. Nice. It's nice, pretty nice, obvious. Nice. Well, Cork played Westmead and I put forty points in him. And then in the Leinster, the two Leinster teams played, and the Joe McDonough beat the beat the uh, Lee McCarthy uh, competition. So, Shadi, you will have to hold your tongue there, and I would laugh this Sunday I, if I were you. Wait and see how it comes out of Cork and Kilkenny, and then then go hard at me. Yeah, hold your fi- hold your fire there, no shine for the moment. But yeah, it, 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 it is a point. It is a point worth making, though, Shani, that uh, what Dublin had done in beating Galway in that absolute epic in Parnell Park. And saying, you know, I was looking at that since he's Dublin Tipperary. Tipperary won't fancy playing Dublin. You know, I was thinking that because they're going to beat Leash. Like, what a capitulation from Dublin. Like, you know, what a disappointing end to the year for them after, you know, doing the, being the underdog and getting one over Galway, having an easier pathway, supposedly, through to play, you know, Tipperary, and then to throw it away. Like, it's another huge step backwards for Dublin hurling. Yeah, uh, and I think... Look, it comes down to it. They scored what twenty three points and twenty like twenty three points. Even if you're playing against a Kilkenny or a, you know a good team, won't win. It. Never mind playing Leash and they just. They, I just don't think they have got uh, the marquee forwards in, that are going to like do serious damage or provide that leadership. Like if you took TJ out of, of Kilkenny, right? So granted, you say they may not have a marquee forward at the moment, but they do have TJ, and he creates massive leadership for them. You look at Limerick and they probably have six forwards of equal ability and all of them are match winners. You look at Cork and Tip and they're probably the two best sets of forwards in the country by a mile and they've all got match winners. Wexford have got three, three or four top quality forwards and even Leash have one or two lads that I don't know them now myself but the commentary is that they'd make any county, te- county team in the country. But then you look at Dublin's team and you see what's in Keane Bowling, Oshina Rourke, Ronan Hayes, Eamon Dillon. Like, who are these guys? No offence to them. They're probably very good hurlers but they're not really putting up big scores and there's no one really going to score 112 or 113 or 2-8 that'll be your marquee lad consistently and then go and deliver for Dublin. So I think that's Dublin's main problem, that they just don't have serious leadership in the forward line and that was proven again the last day against Leach. Yeah, and I think it's worrying times for Dublin now. That's two early exits for them. Last year, was like you know they lost every kind of game by a point. This year, they scraped through into the, into the All-Ireland series and then knocked out straight away in a prelim quarter-final. You know, 
especially with the, but aren't, uh, the, aren't, the, aren't the margins so fine like if Wexford could have got one more point against Kilkenny in the last round game it would have been Dublin Wexford in a Leinster final and who, do you know there mightn't have been any complacency and God knows what would have happened so again and, and the, the margins probably are, should have beaten Wexford as well exactly yeah so it's it's, yeah. it's fine margins um, but this is just an, an example of Dublin kind of going back into themselves Not they have to be playing at really aggressive 110% hurling to, to get to be competitive at the level they're at and they do do that with, under McKinney but this time they're just complacency obviously set in not to take away from Leash they weren't at 100% and next thing they got a Leash crowd down in Port Leash and a Leash team who are fierce determined and they got turned over and they can have no complaints about it so it is worrying times for Dublin I don't think There'll be a major overhaul, I'd say. Matty Kenny, knowing the man, will be absolutely raging. He he will not be happy with his players. Like, I know yeah, he's done the whole PC thing. Yeah. He's done the whole PC thing and said, oh, it's the management team and the players, and that's fair enough. But I know he, he he's going to be pissed off with every single player that went to put a Dublin shirt on that night. Yeah, and look, on that now, though, Leash are playing Tipperary this weekend. It's in Crow Park. Leash are coming off the cusp of a, a massive win. They'll, I think Leash will bring a big crowd to Crow Park, which is very, very exciting. But yeah. not to go you know, negative and go what we did the last time, but it's hard to see him beating Tipperary. Or even, I think, within 10 points, to be honest. Yeah, you kinda, you have to you have to really think, now what, what plan is, is AD going to come up with now for, for Crow Park and Tipperary? I mean... Like, we know, like, you got to the there, like, Tipperary are probably the best six forwards in the country at the moment. You can say that after a month of the final, but they still are very, very dangerous. You'll have Callan and John McGrath, you know, two guys who could actually open up in the first five, ten minutes, stick away a few goals and and absolutely burst the bubble of Lee straight away. But so you'd be wondering whether an idea will come out defensively and stick an extra man back in there just to cover off in front of that. Um, in front of the Callan or McGrath, which I think he probably will do, but you know whether he'll do it or not now is another thing. But like, yeah. still, in, in all, if you look at if you look at Leash, um, Leash's team from midfield on up, like Paddy Parcel is a phenomenal player, and Dublin had their homework done on him and actually shut him down the last day, and he didn't really have his influence. And he's a powerful runner. He's probably he reminds me a bit of Darius. It's given the way he runs, he runs defenses and he opens them up. You know, like the far line in, you have Mark Kavanagh, who we know is very accurate. Aaron Dunphy, who got that great goal in the Joe McDonough final. final. And then you have Willie Dunphy and Charles Dwyer, who were nominally against Dublin. Charles Dwyer and Willie Dunphy kind of rotated by doing the third band material around, around the middle and got through a heap amount of work. So, uh, and then you obviously got Ross King as well inside there. So, like, up front, I think, I think Lee enough you know to tack on the scores and and cause a bit of damage but it's it's in the back line and what they can do there are they going to drop back you know John Lennon back there and and, and shore that up and I think they really need to because they need to keep the score down as low as they can until half time and and you know work from there yeah I think there's even talk Shawnee of Eddie Brennan starting with two sweepers against Tipperary just to make sure that there's no goals going in the first however many minutes and I, I think John Lennon played the sweeper the last day, and there's no doubt he'll definitely be back there doing it again. Whether he goes actually and plays a, th- a second sweeper and only leaves one in the foot forward line is a question mark. But it could be worth doing. Like, you know, at least have to do something different to be competitive here. If they go 15 on 15 and go all out and think they're great lads, they will get hammered. 
So maybe if they can frustrate Tipperary and Tipperary's confidence is low after a hammering and do a double sweeper and piss off their forward line, there, there's merit in doing that. Now, it, it's ironic that Eddie Brennan would have been one of the heaviest critics of the sweeper, but it just goes to show that when you get into management, you have to kind of play with the hand that you're dealt with. I think Eddie's done that very well. And the, the, the talk is that they might do a second sweeper, and if it works, then who cares? Yeah, and like we we'd love to see a good competitive game um on Sunday there and be an amazing to see, you know, at least run tip close for a while to keep keep them scared. And you never know what happens. You saw you know, if you keep into a team long enough, um Tipperary might start to panic a little bit as well. And I'd love to see that too. But anyway, we'll see how that one goes. <laughs> and and <laughs> there's just on, on that there, there's a there's an Australian connection there on the Leafs team as well. There was a guy there, Joe Field, and he plays cornerback for him. He was um he was played in Australia till he was, you know, in his early twenties. He played there for, I think it was a six or seven years up in Brisbane. So there's an Australian connection there. He came back on the panel. I think it was three or four, three or, 2014, four, five years ago, under Cheddar Punctet. And he's there's a, an Australian connection there. If you know, let's come on, Sean. Come on, Sean. That was a great bit of research there. Well done. <laughs> Okay, all right, so we're looking out here now to see, I can see Henry down the beach there, he's digging a sandcastle. Um, <laughs> we've identified an Irish pub for Sunday for Kilkenny Cork, um, so we might have a quick chat about that next, which is surely going to be an absolute humdinger up in Croke Park. Like the legend of the phoenix with beginnings What keeps the planet spinning uh, The force from the beginning We're now done in past the injury time Kelly has to go for distance The referee doesn't blow his whistle Ball comes out towards Dolan Dunaway Claire have the ball Patrick O'Connor sends it into the centre They have to hold possession The referee gets out of the way Hand passes on Dolan Dunaway is the left corner back He hits it He hits it It's over the bar Oh Holy Moses What a match I have never experienced anything like it Blow it up ref Blow it up By Gavin Blow up the final whistle Surely he's looking at his watch And he's blown the final whistle it's a draw for the second year in a row. So coming up on Sunday down Crow Park, Kenny Cork, the pick of the quarterfinals. Interestingly, they had a, the photo shoot for the Ireland series during the week. Kenny were the only team who didn't send someone for the photo shoot. I reckon I was going to mention it. Yeah, I reckon Cody is fuming after Sunday. And you talk about Davy Fitzgerald's siege mentality. Not that he'd be doing siege mentality, but he would have ripped through those Kilkenny players, I reckon. Um and have them absolutely on their toes for Sunday. And I think it's going to be an absolute belter in Crow Park. Yeah, it, it's 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 down to be an absolute classic, I'd say. Um obviously like the Kilkenny don't like being beaten too often, and certainly they won't like you know, like coming up to Crow Park thinking they're gonna they're gonna walk over Kilkenny. Carker obviously going in his favorites with the bookies, and you know the results this year in the championship probably would would sway that way as well. But I don't know. It's like Kilkenny, a wounded cat, and all that, as they say. Like it's going to be very tricky to to overcome. I think Cork 
Cork team against they had the routing against Westmead there and they got their you know they blew out the cobwebs put over 140 which was a, a good run out look um, couldn't read a whole lot into it interestingly enough they had some changes and I, and I don't know are they pushing it towards who's going to who's going to pick up TJ Reid because that's one thing I think they'll surely the Cork management will learn from Matthew Wexford and uh keeping the wraps on TJ Reid and I think they're looking at maybe putting Cadigan out on TJ Reid which and probably put Catalan back in the full back line which is kind of fraught with danger in itself too like but um, from midfield up I think Cork probably should have the advantage they're six forwards I mean if you go through him you know what he's going to bring to the table like Cadigan if he gets if he gets loose at all he's going to do a lot of damage Um and inherently it's gone is probably your aerial threat in the half hour line. And whether or not um they're gonna play Tim O'Mahony midfield and push up um push up uh, Fitzgibbon into centre forward <coughs> is gonna be another an, another interesting tactic if they're gonna go with that. But um yeah, it's, it's gonna it's gonna be a cracker. I'm I'm really intrigued to what way Cork is gonna set up because I think I think Kilkenny are still gonna be very, very hard to beat. Um, they have to rattle down and, and keep the locks on, on uh, TJ Reid. Um, so it's going to be really, really interesting, I think. I, I think, to be honest, what's fascinating about this game is both sets of forwards are, are probably, you know, I think Kilkenny obviously got tied down a bit the last day, but I think Cork and Kilkenny have two good sets of forwards if under day. And I think both sets of backs are probably average, you know? Mm. So I think we could see, I reckon it's going to be a bit of a shootout. You know, I think we're going to see a kind of a 125, 126 um, kind of score. I think, you know, I don't think it's going to be tight. I think it'll be hard hitting and fast, but I think we're going to see a lot of scores on Sunday. Kiki, do you see little Kenny forwards getting a bit more change off, off those Cork backs? Oh, I see, I see any forward then getting more change after Cork backs. It's very worrying if you're a Cork fan looking at your back six. But then from 8 to 15, they possibly are as good as, as Tipperary. Do you know what I mean? So, um. Yeah, it's look. I think it's 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 high and dry for one or two of the Kilkenny lads to step up now this year so far. Like you have Colin Fenley who's done it in the past. You've got Jerry Edward who's done it in the past. You've got Walter Welch who's done it in the past. And you could argue that the three those so far, Liam, are having a very bad championship. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, agreed, agreed. So the the three those players in particular, and if you throw Richie Hogan into the mix, who was didn't even come on in the Leicester final, which is which is interesting enough in itself. You've got four brilliant forwards there who are who are not having a great year at all. Um, and for Kilkenny to win, I think the three, if not four, of those have to play really, really well with Adrian Mullen and TJ Reid, because I think that the Cork forward line are on song, and I think the Cork forward line will do damage against Kilkenny's backs. Hundred percent agree with both of you on the shootout. I can't see a tight game here. I can't see either of those back lines being able to manage either of those forward lines. And the question for me is, I, I, I genuinely believe the Cork six forwards will play really well. The question is whether Kilkenny will get four or five forwards playing well. Because if it's only TJ Reid and Adrian Mullen, I think you can forget about it from a Kilkenny perspective. I agree with you 100%, Kiggins. And I think that's been Kilkenny's problem all year, is that only yeah. two forwards have fired in every game. It's either been TJ with um, Adrian Mullen, or we had in some other games. We had um, you know Colin Felly fired in a couple of the early games, but no, no not to great avail either. But Kenny yeah. do need four forwards to fire. Richie Hogan, interestingly, he did come on the list of final, but only with a minute to go. So, right, like okay. Richie Hogan, there's two things there. Richie Hogan's had huge issues with injuries the last couple of years. I don't think he's anywhere right. 
I think he, he, yeah. I don't think he's capable of starting physically at the moment, and he's very laboured even when he comes on. Like he's not the Richie Hogan that we've we've seen, you know, three or four years ago. And the last, you know, he's really struggled the last couple of years. So I don't think we can expect him to come in and score, you know, four points in play for Kenny anymore. I don't think that's going to happen. He might come in and get onto a breaking ball and, and, and extend it to the back of the net. But I think that's Kenny's big worry is. You're right, Giggles. It's it's four forwards need to perform, and they haven't done it so far this year. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you're dead right. though. I think yeah, it probably will be come down to that. And the, my biggest concern is that, is it's probably more so the Cork half back line rather than the Cork full back line. I think I think that's an area where they just have to stop the ball coming. They just like if you if you talk to, like Liam, you'd know as well. If you talk to any corner back, you know, full back line is that cover that you have in front of you. And I think all year that Cork half-back line haven't provided the cover, except in the Limerick game probably, haven't provided that cover to that full-back line. And I just have a fierce um, worry about that. I think Ellis isn't too bad as a centre-back, but I think the two wing-backs beside him, um, Joyce or Robert what's, Robert Downey, and yeah. um, what's his name, Mark, um, Mark Coleman, hasn't, hasn't really fired at all this year. Like and, they're my biggest worries and if they do bring Cadigan out of full back that's even a bit of a weakness too because he's been pretty solid in full back this year and has been pretty good there so if they bring him out and mark up TJ I think it'll leave holes because I don't think Cahillan would be able to handle um, Colin Finley if Colin Finley is actually going well No yeah I think you're what's his name Cadigan is, is built for um, Colin Finley fit strong tough fast right you don't have to be the best yeah. hurler to kind of keep the ball away from Colin Finley. Whereas I think if they go out and have him man-mark TJ Reid, TJ will eat him up all day because Cadigan doesn't have the hurling for him. They'll have to put an Ellis on him or they'll have to put someone else on him. Um, but they just don't have the players. But to, to leave that big, massive hole at number three, they're, they're going to be in trouble. So I don't know who they're going to put man-marking him. Maybe, maybe the thought is that they'll drop Bill Cooper and they'll drop... What's his name? From New That's Tony what I was going to say. I was going to say Bill Cooper is probably the man for TJ if anyone is going to come back and, and mark him. Yeah. And you could probably play you could probably play Tim O'Malley and Fitzgibbon midfield and, and reverse the type in of the six forwards. I don't know. It's going to be yeah. interesting to see what they do on here but at least they have some options anyway. That's probably the main do, do, thing. But yeah. yeah. The other thing about the Cork half forward line as well is in comparison to the Limerick half forward line is that the Cork half forward line don't work like dogs like the Limerick lads do. And when they don't do that, that gives the Kilkenny half-back line the platform to deliver some ball in. Whereas, and With the exception of Daniel Kearney, probably. Yeah, who wasn't playing against Westmead. And, hope, yeah. and, that, and he wasn't under 26, so maybe there's an injury worry there. We don't know. But it'll be interesting to see the teams when they come out today or tomorrow. I, I just think, yeah, it's... it's, it's, it's I, I could, you could see fucking three goals being scored and by, by each team. You could see one of these classics, maybe like Kilkenny and Watford back in 2016, one of those type of games. Yeah. yeah, and like a lot of people have, have like Cork well ahead in, in this game, like, and I yeah. I can't see it at all to be honest. Like, I I'd be confident, but I she's like playing Kilkenny up in Crow Park. I just I just can't see how how the you know the, the papers and how the bookies have them so far. Ahead. I I really think it's a fifty fifty one as well. I really think it's going to be close. Um, with a point or two either side because of the vulnerabilities in both teams and it depends who executes yeah. and uh, takes advantage of those vulnerabilities on both sides um, interesting point though Giggles is about saying we wait and see what the teams are 
Brian Cody's teams the last two days against Wexford, the teams that have been named have been dummy teams. So yeah. I think, you know, what we'll see Friday night will be or in a few hours' time will be announced by Brian Cody. I don't think we can put any reading into that anymore. Similarly, Cork probably have been true to form and the team that's been named have stuck with it, but we won't know until ten minutes before the game what the actual team will line out will be, which brings another kind of level of excitement to it as well when you see that team come up on the screen and who's actually going to be out there. Um, so look the the winners of this game as well have the, the the lovely challenge of going on and playing Limerick in an Ireland semi-final um, Cork obviously haven't beaten Limerick already this year probably won't f- no, I won't say they won't fear them but you know they had the number over, over that day yeah, twice um, so look we'll go to predictions I'm going to go with a Kilkenny win and that's not my black and amber tinted view I actually genuinely think Kilkenny will have one huge performance in him this year. They haven't fired up. I think Cork always bring the best out of Kenny. Um, haven't played him a whole lot in, in, in recent times. Um, so I'm very, very excited about a Kilkenny-Cork game again because that rivalry has always been so good in years gone by. So to see them play each other up in Crow Park, I think that, that will bring the best out of Kilkenny, that red jersey. And I think Kilkenny will win by two points. Shawnee? Yeah, same as myself, Liam. We haven't, we haven't met. In the last couple of years, I haven't had well had the rivalry that was there in I guess the early 2000s, and it's very exciting. I can't wait to to get up in the early hours of the morning, Monday morning here to watch. But um, yeah, I I feel Cork will have if it is shootout. I think Cork will have too much in the shootout. I think they'll have too many forwards that'll operate, and I reckon it'll be a Cork win by about four or five points. Giggles. Yeah, so there's a part of me that's thinking, right, if Kilkenny lose this game, it's the worst hurling year under Brian Cody ever, right? They'll have beaten Carlow and they'll have beaten Dublin, who got beat. But that's just a fact, right? Because like even the year that it got knocked out in 2013, they bet Tipperary in Nolan Park, you know? So they had that kind of a little bit of a, at least we can slag the tip lads. But they have nothing this year. So that's kind of worrying if you're a Cork fan. I was thinking earlier in the week that it it would be a Cork win, but the more I think about it and... You, 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 you saying there to me, Liam, about the, the city's mentality and Cody not sending somebody up. I think Kenny will be vicious on Sunday. I think they will be vicious. Um, and I think Cork... I just don't want any of them to win. I probably would like them both knocked out. Thank you very much. <laughs> the, the flip side is, I think, I think, I think Limerick would prefer to play Kenny in the semi-final and not Cork. Um, yeah. But uh, you're asking me for a prediction, and I'm going to go with uh, a slight margin for a Cork victory. Just there we go, two out three for Cork. So looking forward to that one on Sunday. It's going to be an absolute cracker. I hope we have an Irish bar lined up here in Beirich to watch it. Um, so I'm sure it'll be a great atmosphere watching it and hopefully I'll be back for see Kenny play in Ireland semi-final in Croke Park. So coming up next, we're just going to wrap up, and we'll be back in a second. Okay, lads, we've come to the end of episode 50 today. 50 episodes in for Good AGA. So a big thank you to Giggles and Shawnee. Um, and also to our sponsors O'Neill's for being with us for the last um, nearly two years um, hopefully we'll have another 50 episodes in us um, 
We do have a competition. You might have seen on Instagram there, I put up a photograph of me wearing a G.A. GA hat. Lovely O'Neill's trucker hat. We do have a couple of those to give away. And Giggles, I want you to come up with on the spot a question for the quiz that they have to and enter in the competition. Put you on the spot there. Okay, um, right here. So the, the question is, who missed the penalty when Kilkenny took on Cork in the 2013 Hurling Championship? And that was in Turles. Who, in Turles. Who missed the penalty for Kilkenny? Right, great question. Giggles off the cuff. Well done. Um, yeah, so get your answers into AkadaGA on Twitter. You can also, if you want to get onto us on Instagram on AkadaGA or email us in GadaGA at gmail.com and you will win a beautiful AkadaGA on, uh, O'Neill's trucker hat. So before we finish up, Shawnee and Giggles, Shawnee or Giggles, you're obviously in Ireland. Shawnee, when are you flying over to Ireland? Um, I'm flying over on the 20, I'm leaving on the 24th of July and landing into Dublin on the 25th. Okay, 25th. And then obviously we... So hopefully we'll be back for the Dollar and semi-finals. Yeah, you've got the World Games coming up then the week after and the Dollar and semi-finals that weekend. We're going to try and do an episode um, together. The three of us will be in Ireland. So we're going to try and see, can we get, get together to do an episode to preview the Dollar and semi-finals and also to preview the, the upcoming World Games, which is very, very exciting. So um, that's when we're going to be back next. Um, thanks very much, Giggles, for making the effort all the way in Clamel. Sound <laughs> even good stuff. I hope you're enjoying the sun and beer rich. Loving the sun and beer And Shawnee, thanks very much for not banging any pots or pans or opening fridges or getting your dinner ready. I know it's very hard for you. You're a very, very time poor man. So just thanks for staying with us for the full 45 minutes this evening. You <laughs> <laughs> kept my full, uh, my full attention this time. And, and congratulations on the, on, the, on, the, on the wedding and the marriage there lately. Thanks very much, Shawnee. All right, lads, we'll talk to you soon and we will um, be back with a preview of the All-Ireland semi-finals. And today's show was brought to you in association with O'Neill's International Sportswear, the choice of champions. Please visit O'Neill Sportswear AU on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs>